soccer pod where the host will actually admit to driving a minivan i'm your host tj and this is part of the u.s fan tv network and the song this evening that we started with you know with all the cold it's record cold in chicagoland which is where i'm at we decided we'll go with something happy and we decided bill withers lovely day record Released in December of 1977, so the song is over 40 years old. So if you're a young kid listening to this, there's a whole lot of Bill Withers that is out there that is amazing to listen to. I strongly recommend it. Um, And to be honest, my start with Bill Withers, I have to go back to K-Fan's Paul Allen, and he used it on his show with Jeff Dubé, and I'm sure he probably still uses it to this day. But Bill Withers does some awesome songs. Lean on Me, Lovely Day... Um, just the two of us. I know Will Smith used it at some point, but go check out some Bill Withers. It'll make you happy, and on a cold day like today where it's bitter, nasty, and, you know, frankly, the upside to this is I don't have to go to work today because today, tomorrow, and I'm recording this about in the middle of the night, and I don't have to go to work because our office is closed today, so I get to spend a little bit more time with you. So in tonight's show... I'll have a, uh, my three th- three takeaways from Roma's game against Atalanta, a 3-3 draw. I'll have a quick recap, if that's what you want to call it, from Guernsey. And then we'll get into the my conversation with my conversation with my friends. And tonight we used U.S. Fan TV's Pat and Chris together. And you'd think this could be funny. I mean, we do U.S. Fan TV all the time, and somehow... We'll just say, to me, it felt like the low-energy show. So we'll call it the Jeb Bush of shows. I believe he was the one that Trump called low-energy. So we'll call it the Jeb Bush show from there. So let's get let's get into it. Uh, the first thing tonight we've got is Roma 3, Atalanta 3. And my three takeaways tonight is, first of all, is welcome back, Ed and Jekko. You know, as since I became a fan of Roma, one of the one of my friends was like, "Hey, they got Ed and Jekko. This should be awesome." Except he really wasn't featured. He wasn't playing. He wasn't doing much. And now you look at it, and today or on Sunday he comes out, 
scores their first two. They're up 3 nothing, 40 minutes into the game. And yet, somehow Atlanta came back. They got a goal right before break. But anyway, bottom line, Ed and Jekyll, welcome back. Two goals, his first two sent in league Serie A since October 6th. So hopefully that's a sign of things to come. I guess if you're going to get a draw, even though it's on the road, it's good to have your star players, one of your star players starting to feature again. And then the third goal was was, St- was Stephen El Sharawi. Hey, I've talked about him last week, and I've, I, I still think this team's on the upswing despite the disappointing draw. Second thing, takeaway, is that goal before, right before the break, Roma's flying, they're up 3 nothing. Right before the break, in the last couple minutes of the half, Atalanta gets one back. And how many times do you see that? They get one back right before the somebody gets one right, gets one back right before the break, and next thing you know, the momentum into halftime, out of halftime, everything's out of sorts, and next thing you know, it's a game where it probably shouldn't have been. And for this one, Atalanta came back, all the all the respect in the world for them, but three three draw. The th- and the third takeaway in. I've been saying all year I thought Robin Olsen has been the MVP for for Roma. Today, the last goal didn't feel like it was one of his better ones to allow. It felt like a little bit of a howler to me. So, you know what? When things fall apart, they really fall apart. I guess he was saved by the PK miss about a minute earlier before that third goal. The first two, I can't really fault him. There were headers that were Roma were beat on. It happened. So, 3-3 draw. You know, it's one of those games that I think if you're a team that's contending for the top spot, you win. Roma's not a contending for the top spot. I think they're just more, they're looking at trying to get a Champions League game. So back in the Champions League, hey, to draw on the road, I guess it could be a lot worse. So Guernsey, on the other hand, they did have a game scheduled originally when the schedule came out against Tamsmead Town. However, back in October, Tamsmead Town folded. So the game was canceled. The irony of all of it is, is Tamsmead Town's last game. They hosted Guernsey. They won. And then a couple weeks later, they folded. So that game's canceled. I guess you could say Guernsey gets the points, but I don't know really how that all works. But it was a canceled game, so Guernsey goes back on the road this weekend. Um, and the last thing I guess we'll talk about before we get into tonight's guests is my five-minute homily, I guess. So it'll be five minutes. We'll put it on the clock. And tonight we're going to talk about the United States and specifically Major League Soccer and USL moving to the FIFA calendar. So we're at five minutes on the clock, and here we go. We're at record cold in at the end of January. Weather in February doesn't get much better. In March, it gets marginally better in the north. Is it always record cold? No. But the point of all this is, the FIFA calendar is something that really, truly does not work in the United States. With such a diverse country in the sense of weather from the north to the south, it's just something to me that really doesn't work. And I get it. You could make the argument, hey, the summer calendar doesn't always work because when you're looking at games at FC Dallas and Houston and L.A., yeah, maybe not L.A. because L.A. is always perfect weather, Florida and all the humidity... If they ever had Phoenix Rising, that'll be an adventure in and of itself for the for MLS and 120. It gets hot. However, that doesn't seem to be as much of a deterrent 
as games in the cold. And therefore, you start to get to Chicago, games in Chicago, games in Boston, or I guess um, Gillette Stadium is in Boston, but close enough. Foxborough, I guess. Uh, Harrison, New Jersey. You can get some nasty weather. Although the argument was, hey, Harrison, a week ago it was 55 degrees. This week it's not. And we're looking at 13 below right now in Chicago, wind chill of 37 below. Nobody's going to want to sit and watch a soccer game. And I think you could consistently say nobody's going to want to watch a soccer game in the winter of this weather. And maybe that maybe people show up for NFL games, but even there you see more no-shows and you see games going for cheaper. The other part of this is the reason why MLS wants and USL want the summer months is they their school not in session. Weekends during school year are not as easy to go to games as weekends and even weeknights when school's not in session. And so if you were to take all the games and say, hey, in the winter we're going to play most of them, we're going to take a break through part of January, like Syria, La Liga, the Bundesliga do, then come back. But we'll play a lot of the games in the South going in and out of the break. Well, therefore, you have kind of an imbalanced schedule. And then when you have to finish up your games in the North, now you're looking at games, playoff games, where the teams in the North have the advantage. So I don't really know if that works. So I guess my at the end of the day, I've never been an advocate of the FIFA calendar. It does. Would it bother me if they went to it? I'm not sure. I'd probably suffice and or find a way to make it work. But I don't see it happening in MLS and I, or USL. I just... Um, when you start looking at things like and then Reno and a foot of snow or uh, Denver and a foot of snow, Salt Lake City, you can get the same thing. Just there's way too many uncertain factors. And in a league that really needs to have every fanny in the seat it can get without losing anything, you know, at the bottom line, that's how it works. You, you maximize your Saturday nights as much as you can. And if you're going to have weeknight games, you make it in the summer where you can get kids being able to go in on a school night. And as a father of a young of of young children, I can tell you, league games during the school year that are in the middle of the week, we simply just don't go. It's too hard for me as a dad, when my kids go to bed at 8 o'clock, to sit there and say, hey, we're going to go to a game that starts at 7. You know, did I do it when I was a kid? Yeah, we did. We'd still go to baseball, not soccer, but we'd go to baseball games as a kid. Would we stay the entire game? Nope. And soccer being a 90-minute thing, that'd be a hard... It's a little harder to do than leave a baseball game in the seventh inning. Don't know why it just feels that way to me. So, look at the weather outside now. Look at the snow. Look at the ice. Look at how much you can get of that in other parts. I'm not an advocate of going to the FIFA calendar for year-round. And that leaves me at... We're at 48 seconds left, so we're going to call that my homily for the evening. And for my guest tonight... We'll move on. We have Chris and Pat of US, the founders and legends of US Fan TV. You know, I've had them both on individually, and this week, after having the US national team's first game on Sunday night, we did our show. We won't have another one until Friday. I thought, hey, let's get everybody together. Let's get the band together, and let's just talk about other things in soccer. And, you know, some things just don't go as planned. Maybe because it's so cold out. Maybe it's because we've all been busting our, our tails trying to keep our driveways clean and get our kids off. 
to school, or it's the fact that all three of us are dads and we're looking tomorrow in the face of kids home and just dreading it. Anyway, we talk about a lot of things. We get a few laughs in. If you want to see what I think not our best performance, hey, that this could be it. But I definitely recommend listening all the way through because at the end of it, I get some feedback on how to make my pod better. And Lord knows, probably need it. So without further ado, we have Chris and Pat from US Fan TV joining the Minivan Dad Soccer Pod, which can be found at, at Minivan Dad Pod on Twitter. Or if you want to get to me personally, it's at TJ's Run. But anyway, I've I've stalled long enough. Time for Chris and Pat, the conversation with Chris and Pat. All right, and welcome back to the Minivan Dad Soccer Pod. This is our interview section of the show or having a drink with friends or whatever you want to call it. I still don't have a name for it. Nobody's given me a good name. So here we go. And because it's cold and it's really there's not a whole lot else to do when it's this cold out, I decided we would have both Pat and Chris from US Fan TV. So the legends that are US Fan TV are both decided to join me this evening. And how does that make you feel? It makes me feel like this is going to be nothing but awesome because you guys are you guys were the first two guests I had and I thought the two of you together, what could possibly go wrong? It's gonna be uh, phenomenal. I'm not even wearing a hat, I'll have you know. <laughs> but Chris but Chris I'm sure still looks like vanilla ice. I try. So, right, Collaborate so we'll start, and listen. So we'll start with the first question of the night, which is always, what are you guys drinking tonight? And I'm sure, I'm assuming Pat either has coffee or LaCroix, just because that's Pat. I have no beverage in front of me right now. You have no beverage? None. That's kind of embarrassing, but not really surprised when it comes to you. Hey, Chris, how about you? What do you got tonight? <laughs> I have a uh, Nuclearis uh, Moon Man. Oh, Moon Man. That's a good one. That's one of their better ones, actually. Yeah. Isn't that I'm, and, not, I'm normally not a fan of uh, pale ales, but uh, that's a pretty good one. And I'll and I'll ask you this, Chris, because you you know you living in Wisconsin, you're around New Glarus all the time, all the time, and um, Spotted Cow being, you know, the legend that is that that it is. And trying the other brewer, beers within New Glarus, I found Spotted Cow isn't close, really close to the top of their list. It just was the most prevalent of all of them. No, yeah, I mean, I, I don't know why that happens to be the one that's most widely um, accepted. I mean, I, I'm, I'm sure it has something to do with that. It was probably the first one. I've I've been there and done the tour, but I don't know if they said that. I don't remember what it is. Um, like what what the reason is uh, behind uh, Spotted Cow being so big. But um, yeah, I, I'm a big fan of uh, Moon Man, and there's one with like a squirrel on it. Fat squirrel, fat squirrel. That's, that's my it. favorite. Yeah, yeah, yeah that, that, that yeah. does seem like it. Yeah, I, and I'm I'm pretty and I'm pretty partial to Ufta. I thought that was one of the dec- one of a good one as well. Um, so you're talking about brewery tours, so we might as well segue into that because well, this is an important thing to talk about. You've been in living in Wisconsin, Chris. I know you have been on many brewery tours. Uh, I quite enjoy brewery and distillery tours. That's something we do quite often. What what's the best brewery tour you've been on, and why? And Pat, you'll get this question next. Ooh, as as just a single brewery? Sure. Yeah. Um, huh. That's hard to say. Like, I, okay. I like some oh, of them for couple. different for different reasons. So, okay. um, <clears throat> I'm a big fan of uh, um, Lakefront Brewery in Milwaukee because um, <clears throat> because it's always fun. Like, you know, it. It's always 
um, it's one of the most maybe ridiculous kind of tours, it seems to me. Um, and that, like, it used to be, uh, I think you could even slide down Bernie Brewer's slide once upon a time. You can't do that anymore. But, um, you know, you'll, you'll see Bernie Brewer's old, old chalet in there uh, that, that they used to have in, uh, in the outfield at, uh, Miller, at uh, excuse me, County Stadium in Milwaukee. Um, that, that he used to slide out of when, when the Brewers hit a home run. Uh, I, uh, Russ Klitsch, the guy who founded it, uh, has given the tour or been a part of the tour two or three times that I've done it. Uh, it's just kind of a fun tour. I don't know that it's like really technical. I, I don't know that you learn a lot, but kind of the most amazing thing about it is that uh, every time I take it, it's like the place seems to have doubled in size, or at least the, the amount of stuff they have inside has, has doubled. Um, so it, that, that's always interesting. Um, if you take it on a Friday night, too, they also have a really good fish fry that they do in-house. I'll, I'll give them a sales pitch there. Uh, <clears throat> in terms of, like, one of the best, like, most technical ones, Sprecher Brewery is actually really good. Okay. That was a, a I, I like I like that one. Um, Miller's cool kind of and Miller and, and Budweiser are both cool because you see just the enormity of everything mm-hmm. um, like the, the size of the tanks at Anheuser-Busch was, was astounding even like when I mean when you think about it I guess it makes sense kind of but it's still like you look at it it's like Jesus Christ like you could you could if you watch uh, the movie Strange Brew and I, I'm sure people who listen to this are definitely old enough to have watched Strange Brew. Uh, <clears throat> but at one point, they uh, they climb into a beer tank and, and like, <laughs> as a joke, they, like, dr- have to drink the whole thing. And they, like, get enormous. Um, and, like, superhuman size. And even that is, like, I don't know, a third of the size of what, what the, like, Anheuser-Busch brewery tanks look like. Or the... Um, the, the storage area for the beers uh, at Miller that only go to Chicago. Like, not even their national delivery. And I don't know if this has changed because I haven't been there since before the Miller Coors um, uh, connection. But um, the size of the room with all these pallets, like pallet upon pallet upon pallet, like, I, it, see, it just seems to go on forever. And they're like, oh, this is just like beer that's going to Chicago for the next like 24 hours or something. They're like the stuff that goes like to the rest of the Midwest alone, we have to do somewhere else because it it just couldn't fit here. Um, So I don't know, just to see that kind of size is, uh, is, um, is interesting. And then I don't know, I've done some cool ones. I did one just a few weeks ago, two, three weeks ago. Um, uh, Like at some small places that uh, they're, they're basically doing it on almost like a, a home rig. Like just, uh, they've just barely expanded beyond that. And there you get to kind of see up close, like what this stuff really looks like. If you were, um, if you were trying to do this on your own and, and still produce enough that you could actually sell it. All right. And, and then I have a few, I won't name all of them, but. Well, we might be here forever if you do that. So Pat, how about you? Do you got a couple of them that you've been on that are? Yeah, and I'll I'll answer uh, a lot quicker than Chris because uh, I understand <laughs> this is a soccer show. But uh, the Guinness Brewery tour in Dublin is amazing. Just ah, because yes. it's it's like a pilgrimage when you're there, and of course Guinness in Dublin tastes better than anywhere Very else. True. 
Um, but I've heard I it in Amsterdam is the same way. But I've heard. I was going to say I've heard that, that actually. True. Yes. People who I tour and the beer. Yeah. Well, and my wife has got went to St. Louis University, and she said Budweiser, same thing. It tastes better down there. Yeah. Not really. I'm not really sure why, but. I don't know if it can per se, but she said it actually tastes better when it comes out of St. Louis than what it does when you get it elsewhere. So the, I, don't know, I don't know if this still exists, but I, I visited the uh, Lakefront Brewery as part of the brewery boat tour in Milwaukee, mm-hmm. which is a phenomenally fun time. That um, is very good. I'll recommend it does that. still exist. And uh, when my wife and I did the Budweiser tour in St. Louis, we had a guy who like we paid extra to go to like this beer 101 or something like that and this guy was making up everything i i don't know if if he was new or drunk or about to get fired or what was going on but such he spit out facts like in order to properly smell a beer you have to open your mouth as wide as humanly possible like your harry kane and so my wife and I still share that joke. When we grab a beer, we'll smell it with our mouth just gaping open. <laughs> and then the other thing he said, this is also hilarious. I'm trying he right said, now. The, he said that, um, what is the uh, that fruity orange beer that they have? Shock Top. Uh, he, oh, he, said, yeah. he said that Shock Top is the best-selling beer nationwide at Buffalo <laughs> Wild Wings. Think of that. <laughs> Think of that. Because it pairs so well with the spicy wings. And it, we're just like, it was just hilarious because we were, you know, drinking as we were listening to this guy just spit lies left and right. And so if you want facts, if you want alternative facts at a beer tour, I recommend the Budweiser beer tour. And, you know, what's funny is I, I do recall doing that same beer 101 and the same type of facts were they said them there too well, they were also making shit up when you went at the same type of you're i'm going hey i remember those facts so but that's been i mean that was a bunch of years ago so well, i'm thinking this isn't true it's like, every, like nobody's drinking <laughs> shock top like like all of america they go into buffalo wild wings to watch college football or whatever and they're drinking shock top no hey, give me a shock top Bartender, and, you know what I'm having. Goddamn shocked up. Pair it so well with your wings. These terrible wings. Oh, my God. There's and no the, restaurant. I mean, besides Nando's, there's no restaurant that I throw up at the thought of. <laughs> the Buffalo Wild Wings? Yeah, I something. I there's something in those wings that makes me throw up later. It might just be the alcohol, but... It, usually, um, it probably is. It, it, something's going on. Yeah. Two two beers and Pat's already like, oh, I'm gonna I'm gonna puke. I can tell. I am not from Wisconsin, where alcoholism is a, <laughs> a state birthright, like you guys. Well, Chris isn't from Wisconsin. He's just assimilated he, well. He's uh, just yeah. assimilated. Yeah, it's, there's a certain point. His, I'm sure at this point, his liver is pretty well pickled. So, um, the 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 one for me, the brewery, the brewery too, I always remember was was Red Hook Brewery, which. I think now was in Portland, but back when I went up there, it was in Woodenville, which is suburban Seattle. And you you kind of you start in, it's like a dollar for this half pint glass, and then you walk up some stairs and you're in this room, and basically you walk out on a couple of different catwalks over the course of it to see the brewery process, and they're telling you your story, but the whole time you're just drinking. 
I think you go through like six or seven half pints over the over the course of an hour, and by the end of it, you're you're loopy. You're like, holy crap! And that was always it's like instead of having this illusion of we're going to tell you a story, it's like we're just going to give you our beers and let you drink for a while, which is all you're really here for anyway. It was it seemed very self aware to me, and I enjoy and I thought that was pretty damn awesome. So. All right, so we're a soccer show, so we should talk about soccer because, oh, Lord knows, we're all, all three of us are going to be dead tomorrow with schools being closed and the oh next day. Oh, my God. I kind of yeah. want to – I think I'm going to run around shirtless for a while tomorrow just to know. Like, I want to know what 25 below feels like. I have no frame of reference for 25 below. I believe it – and believe it or not, I do. Uh, my sophomore year at University of Minnesota – I think we hit 33 or 34 below, and they didn't close school that day. And the reason they did, there was no wind, so the wind chills were still less than 40 below, believe it or not. And, well, it was the mid-90s, so they didn't care then. And I went to no. class. I, I had a I had a class that was like four TJ or five. played naked uh, flashlight tag. No, some, but somebody did pull the fire alarm in, our, in Stanford Hall at 2 in the morning. <laughs> and no, it wasn't me. My roommate and I looked at each other and go, you going downstairs? No. You? No. Just lock the door and they'll leave you alone. Um, so I go to class and it's like a 400 per seat lecture hall. And I, I kid you not that um, I think there were like 12 of us that showed up. And we have a quiz every Friday. The professor looks at it and goes, well, you guys are here. Please sign in. You guys get A's on the quiz. Everyone else is taking it on Monday. So you guys don't even need to show up on Monday. Thanks for coming. And that was it. So I guess it was kind of worth it there, but um, it's miserable. It's not fun. And go ahead and try that, Pat, because I'm pretty sure that you're going to scare the crap out of your neighbors. Oh, of course, you running around shirtless at any point is going to scare the crap out of your neighbors, but that's another story. Um, so soccer. Yeah, probably true. So on both when both of you were on, we talked a little. We both both times we talked quite a bit about Arsenal, and you're both Arsenal apologists. So I will kind of frame the discussion. We'll start with Arsenal. Um, I, Friday, they crashed out. I don't want to say they crashed out. They got, they got beaten by a better side in Manchester United on Friday, but they bounced back today. So is the season a lost cause at this point? I saw a stat today and I, I want to get both your comments on this. Um, that basically pointed out that Emery's points per game is higher than Klopp's was. It, during his first season with Liverpool. Yeah, and and if you look also, if if you take out Arsenal's first two losses of the year, they're third in the table since then. So it's not like things are going well, and it's not like they, you know, they're they're out of defenders. There, there's just no more, and they didn't go get any more. So I mean, there's lots of problems in Arsenal, but I, I don't think it's a lost. I actually think it's kind of a blessing. I don't think they were going to win the FA Cup. And so it kind of gets that out of the way. We don't have the we don't have to worry about that now. We have to worry about being in the top four. That is the only thing that matters. Being in the top four or win the Europa League. Because you have to be in the Champions League next year if you want to attract anybody over the summer. Assuming Uncle Stan's gonna let us spend some money that he gets from the Super Bowl. Um you gotta be in the Champions League because I don't think anybody serious anybody top tier is going to want to come to arsenal if we're not so well you're certainly not replacing anyone the quality of the kind of players who are leaving um and by that i really just mean aaron ramsey probably maybe shouldn't 
perhaps be uh, Mezzarozzo as well. If you can get uh, somebody to yeah. pay the 350,000 yeah. pounds a week. Um, guys that guys of that level, uh, yeah, they're, they're going to want either, <laughs> either Champions League soccer or a ton of money. And we know we can't offer a ton of money, so you got to offer something else. And I, honestly, my my only issue with um, with failing with at uh, at the FA Cup was that I felt like the season. I kind of felt like the season's already gone. I mean, we're we're not we're. Of course, there like maybe you could say we were never going to win the league anyway. Um, because City and Liverpool are just too good, and and were I think everyone knew that in July or August, uh, if not if not last year, um, last season. I mean, so I guess you could say that was always kind of out of reach, and you just focus on making the top four. I don't. I don't think. I don't think. I don't think we'll do it. Um, I think Manchester United is suddenly kind of revitalized. Yeah. Um, not <laughs> as, as, as evidenced by the, uh, the, the match for the weekend. Shocking. But, you um, get rid of that guy and suddenly you're. Yeah. <clears throat> but also. If, if they hadn't gotten better, they would have spent a ton of money. Like they would have done what Manchester United does. And we can't fight with someone like that right now. Um, Chelsea. Chelsea's a good team that has some some weaknesses. Uh, they they keep losing games that perhaps they shouldn't, and I, like it, it's like they they can they can beat anyone, but they can also kind of lose to anyone, which is sort of Arsenal for so long. But I think they're they're a better Arsenal right now in, in that in like by by that analogy. I guess um, I guess with Arsenal or Chelsea, I, I feel like. Um, Chelsea to me, I feel, I feel like they're, they're in a, in a worse state right now than Arsenal is in the sense of they just, there's a lot of dysfunction that I, you wouldn't think should be there, but yet here it is. There, there certainly is. Um, but there's, a, there's also kind they, of the concern they did, that they did just go find a goal scorer. And I granted we, we haven't, we haven't seen what, what becomes of this. But you know they they've struggled to score goals and they just went and found somebody who should take care of that. Now, granted, I mean they they also probably thought that uh, Murata would take care of that when they bought him two years ago, <laughs> whatever it was, and that has not come to fruition. But um, you know Iguain has a, a a long track record of scoring goals, and you know that that should help them in a lot of ways. I... Um, that that should address one of their big weaknesses. Now, and if Arsenal can find a defense, but then again, if Stan Kroenke could find his wallet, probably wouldn't hurt things either. You know that right now they're still tied with Chelsea. Yeah, well, at least Chelsea has goal today, differential, yeah, the, right? The, as the of today. today, the win today put us level on points. Um, you know, assuming Chelsea wins tomorrow, um, who, does Chelsea, who do they even play tomorrow? Who do they play tomorrow? I should know that. Yeah, you should. If if only there was this thing you could <laughs> that had like all these facts and figures you could look it up that you could hold in the palm of your hand. Okay, never mind. They'll be Bournemouth, so theoretically. But then again, you would have thought Manchester United would have taken care of Burnley today. You would have thought 
that uh, City could have taken care of Newcastle, and neither of which happened. Yeah. Um, you know, the problem with Chelsea, the thing that I worry about is that obviously I'd rather Arsenal finish ahead of them, and if that, if that means snagging the fourth spot, then so be it. But if Chelsea isn't in the Champions League, that's not the best scenario for Mr. Pulisic coming in there next season. And if Chelsea does poorly enough, I could see Roman pulling the trigger on Sari and, uh, and whoever comes in to replace him as manager may not have Christian Pulisic in the cards. And suddenly that move, um, if Chelsea does poorly enough this season, that move may um, backfire for him. So I, I'm in a weird position where I want them to do okay but I don't want them to do okay at the expense of my own team. So, I mean, as as Arsenal fans, you feel like you know you're sitting on the train tracks waiting for the train come that is theoretically Manchester United in its current in its current form. That it, how well they're playing. You know. Like, yeah. I mean, I don't think that carries through the rest of the season, but um, but there it it's like when Chelsea fired Mourinho a couple few years ago. It it was the same sort of thing. They 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 came alive. They were trying to get a guy out of there that they hated, and they, you know, they responded when he was gone. So, I guess I, you know, like I would say the only uh, different. Go ahead, Chris. Sorry. I, I was going to say I kind of worried a little bit about Cardiff City today because teams, when when something dramatic happens, teams tend to respond in a positive way, um, and you know they didn't have. They didn't have the same attachment. I don't know if any of them knew. Is it Emiliano Sala? What I, I don't even remember what his first name is. Um, yeah, that, that I believe so. Yes. Um, <clears throat> you know, I, I don't know if any of them personally knew him before, like before the the plane crash. Right. Um, but I don't. You know, teams have a way of kind of responding to these things. Like I would, I would expect not to to suddenly. It wouldn't surprise me at all if they suddenly went on a tear because, hey, you know, our our recent teammate just uh, just died. Um, so I, I was a little, I, I wasn't dramatically concerned about it because in the end, I mean, he, he, the plane went down on his way to meet them, basically. So you know, it it's more of a um, a, a club issue in name than than or in theory than in in, in reality right right but, it's not like he he was integrated with the team and was yeah, everybody's friend anyway, and, yeah, yeah i was i was going to agree with you you know that yeah when when something major happens teams tend to respond in a positive way when, when something like in a major negative way uh, a major negative happens teams tend to respond uh extremely positively because you know they all band together let me let me throw another question to you guys because I this one kind of I was talking about a little bit earlier and it was um, uh, Almiron of course goes to goes to Newcastle and Newcastle and I believe that's a record signing for Newcastle believe it or not which is kind of yeah, scary I, to think I, about I think that's right yeah twenty seven million they're saying twenty seven million is the number I I saw as well, well. they'll have two MLS guys on the team yeah. I know. Cool. Well, and, and my question with Newcastle is they're they're never really they're a mid mid to lower table team right now. And you can blame that on on, Ash, on Ashley and that's fine. He he deserves everything he get. Would they be in League 2 at this point if they didn't have Rafa Benitez? 
it's possible. I mean, he he was huge for them, obviously. So, it, yeah, it, it's. I mean, Sunderland is the other is the comparison there. You could you could see how a, a team from that part of the country things can go very wrong after one relegation, and, and he he got them back up. So, um, and it's you know Newcastle, in my view, is a team that has to be in the Premier League. So, well, and, and again, it's what they have a capacity of. And they have a, a stadium that holds 52,000. It's always full. It's always loud. And yet their team is, like I said, it, I feel like Definitely. Benitez has them. Well, when, when you think about it, 20 years ago, they were playing for yeah. championships. It's definitely the biggest club that doesn't. The biggest mediocre, the big, the biggest, yeah, mediocre, the biggest club. mediocre club. Yeah, that's a good way of putting it. Yeah. And. And at this point, I guess my last question on the Premier League before we kind of jump into maybe some other things here. Does anybody catch Liverpool? No. You're going to have to feel that one yourself. It, that's that's going to be really, really hard to do. I mean, it's, it's, it's absolutely only City that can do it. Um, Klopp, I, I, well, I... I only, only Liverpool can screw that up at this point. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Certainly, uh, you know, all Liverpool has to do is kind of keep getting points, and and they will, um, they'll take care of business. Um, I don't necessarily want to see City win again, but oh God, I really don't want. To. I, I'm, well, I'm, I'm, as you guys know, as everyone who probably hears this knows, I am quite outspoken in my hatred of Liverpool. I do not want them to win at all. Uh, but that said, yeah, they, they look pretty uh, unstoppable. So if it came down to Liverpool or San Antonio, which one are you cheering for there? <laughs> uh, if dude, it had to be one, which one would you I, rather I, see? I, I, would, I would go Liverpool, I would go Liverpool there because... Absolutely it Liverpool. It, yeah, because it keeps the... Uh, um, well, that, that other team that we don't know the name of... Um, it 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 at least keeps them in closer to striking distance of Arsenal. So, and I guess out of the out of those, the team I have the most disdain for is probably Man City. I don't know why, but I just feel like they they're like Chelsea on steroids. Like Chelsea was the original foreign owner, just drop money in and over hand over foot. I mean, as much as you want to bag on Liverpool for you know, with the Fenway Sports Group or Manchester United, they don't spend much. You, you don't see them spending spending ridiculous amounts of money that they don't have. Arsenal I don't like. I don't like Liverpool because of their fans. They're well, there's sort of that. Like the Cubs to me, where I don't like them because of their fans. But um, uh, so I, 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 I just I, I enjoy seeing their fans unhappy. Um, but I can't deny that they play some pretty incredible soccer. Um, I guess, I guess city city, it sucks that they bought it. What I guess what, what really annoys me about city the most is, well, maybe it's not even them. It's more the league. It's like, it's, it's the FA for doing nothing about what they're doing. Like they, they've got, you know, the, the English financial fair play rule. I can't think of what they're called, but uh, financial fair play, we'll, we'll just call it. We'll call it Brexit. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So they, they've got Brexit to protect them. And <laughs> um, 
they're they're letting city flaunt, uh, just completely flaunt their their wealth by more or less paperwork. Right. You know what's what's happening is Etihad Airlines is like paying through the nose in terms of sponsors sponsorships like ridiculous amounts amounts no other team could get for anything. It's because effectively it's the same people. Like the same people who own the Etihad are effectively the same people who own Manchester City. It's all the Saudi royal family, and you can't like. Uh, a paperwork shouldn't be how you get around the the rules. When you know that's what's happening, do something about it. You don't punish everyone else because they're not getting that. So to me, what I dislike about City the most is more the the FA is following the letter of the law and not the principle of it or the spirit of it. But like I said, isn't that the same as um as PSG and and the Qatari money? Oh, absolutely, yeah. Okay, yeah, that's what I thought. But I guess at least with Man City, there's a and, couple and of teams for, that for are so long. It's effectively what I, I, it's it's not that far apart from what um, Real Madrid was doing. You know, they they <clears throat> they were run by the guy who like owned the biggest bank in Madrid. Uh, whatever it is, the Royal Bank of Spain. I, I have no idea what the name of the bank. Is. No, and and, and, I've heard, and I know we've he, talked about. He that, was effectively yeah. writing blank checks to them, so they could sign whatever they wanted, or you know, covering when when they would write their own checks, he would like, you know, cover it at the bank. And it it is um, it, that financial fair play was created to stop things like that. But all they did was find like an a totally obvious loophole, and. Whatever. So what? So why wouldn't Arsenal use that and have Walmart as their sponsor? Oh wait, because it's Stan Kroenke. <laughs> he's leveraged but, to the. He's leveraged to the to the to the gills with uh that stadium in LA. Brought to you by the Rams. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's you know it's with with regards to City though, for a dominant uh team with you know the the Abu Dhabi group being pretty disliked dislikable as the, you know, I don't like them, but I like Pep. I like De Bruyne. I like company. I like Silva. I like a lot of, of what I don't like Raheem Sterling. I never have. Uh, yeah. But I mean, it's, it's, I, I find them to be fun to watch. Um, just like, I, I know you hate the fans of Liverpool, Chris, but I find Liverpool to be a blast to watch. And, and, and I think it starts for those two teams with, um, with Klopp and with with Guardiola, so it there that's you know it is what it is, I guess. Um, if I had to choose an ownership group that got to win the Premier League, I would definitely choose the Fenway guys over Abu Dhabi. But um, but yeah, it, it's you know I guess they're Some, okay. Somehow I, I, I'm going to use a different analogy. I want to see what you guys think of this one with Guardiola specifically. He kind of reminds me of. Phil, either Phil Jackson, or, Phil Urban Jackson. Meyer, yeah. or Urban Meyer or Urban Meyer is the other one. And I, I, I think that I think where that argument fails is that, I mean, I'm not going to get into college football, but he got to urban cheats and, well, and, I, I was and be, <laughs> Jesus allows him to cheat or whatever the fuck he says. So I, that's why I don't watch college football. Cause it's, it's stupid. As far as the Phil Jackson argument, I don't think Phil was a great basketball coach. 
I think that he left a lot of that stuff, like the triangle offense, up to his assistants. Phil was a mastermind at getting gigantic egos to come together and play together that no one else could do. And I think when you saw when he when Phil got to the Knicks and as a you know an administrator, he did a shitty job because he didn't you know it it was easy to win with with those guys, but Phil just had to keep the engine rolling, keep everything humming along, and make sure that the the giant egos could play together. I actually do think Pep is a genius at what he does, at like the X's and O's, which is is different than Phil. I, I you know if Pep went to Arsenal, could Pep win at Arsenal? I don't know, but um, or even a lower team than that, I don't know. Um, but I think that's where the argument's different is that is that Pep is actually better at what he does. With that regard, Phil was more of a kumbaya. Let's all come together and win some rings. All right, that's. I, I was going to say the uh, the difference between uh, Pep and, and Urban Meyer is that, uh, as far as we know, none of uh, Pep's players are um, criminals, and he's like covering it up for them, or or coaches. I was going to say none of none of Pep's assistants have been arrested for assault, beating the crap out of their wife. Yeah. Just okay, the, or ex-wife, I guess now, but yeah. Why are we pretending? It, it could be, we could do a whole show on that if you want, but we're not. Why? I, I, I hate college sports at this point. Why right, are we well, pretending? I don't know. It was, I, th- I thought it was a good analogy because yeah. like Urban Meyer only goes where the teams are good. Now it's like yeah. I'm waiting for him to surface once Lincoln Riley goes to the NFL, he'll go or surface at Oklahoma or something like that next. That's kind of that was kind of it. It's just like the opportunist. It's not like, I mean, Pep Pep's a genius. I won't argue that, but he's done it at. With Messi at Barcelona, with yeah, Bayern yeah. at Bayern at their peak better. form, and now with Man City that. with De Bruyne at his peak. I mean, he doesn't exactly go and build things. No, and he says if you read like Pep Confidential or or the sequel book that I can't remember the name of right now, he says that he thinks his next move after this is going to be he wants to coach a youth team somewhere. For like a, a top club, but he wants to deal with the the U seventeens or the U nineteens or something like that because he he thinks that that's more interesting than than what he's doing now. So I, that'll be really interesting to see if a dude with that. I don't know. I don't know. I, I would associate a, a guy that you know famous and and successful with having a big ego. I don't know if his ego would let him do that, but maybe that is really what he wants to do. We'll see. All right, so I guess at this point we should probably bring it back to this side of the pond because MLS camps are getting started. I've seen some things of friendlies and practice games going on. I saw Minnesota United 1-1 today, 9-1, but I have no idea who they're playing. I think the only thing relevant that came out of that one for me was that Drew Connor is a trialist with um, yeah, Minnesota that's United. Good and that's, yeah, that's a good thing to see. I um, hope he lands somewhere. Yeah, Drew Connor... Um, and again, you see the CF97 hashtag thinks that he should be on it. It's like, yeah, he didn't catch on exactly anywhere yet. So there's there's a reason for that. But um, Johan Kapelhoff, you know, he, looking for a trade, didn't want to come back to the fire, needed to go somewhere else, was going back to back back to Europe. And, well, he showed up in Spain and is on a three-year deal. Yeah. That, that, that fascinates me because with all the options or whatever – that was that he really wanted to leave, or was it he just wanted the contract that he thought he and he no, it was deserved, and that he deserves that he deserves. Yeah. I mean, realistically, um, yeah. I mean, he got uh, he got run down by a stolen U-Haul on uh, Harlem Avenue. Right. 
<laughs> That's right. I forgot about that. And still played well after that. So yeah, he did. Um, Dave, the David Usted deal is complete. Usted, did I pronounce that one right, Pat? I think so. Usted, that deal is U- complete. Usted's like we're paying him formalities in Spanish. Well, he's Danish, but he is Danish, so yeah. <coughs> um, that deal, that deal is completed. So, what was it? it? It's the basically he got traded, and DC United still picking up like a third of his deal. So, or or over half of it, two thirds of it. It's like the fire on the hook for one hundred fifty thousand. The rest of it, the four hundred thousand is coming from DC United still. So, I guess that's one not interesting move for DC. But if you had, I think they had four keepers in camp. So I guess this gets them down to where they want to be. Um, so the fire, I know Pat, you're, you'll go to games this year, and we'll see you there, Chris. You, I, hopefully, you'll surface again this year for a game or two. Are they I better? Would like to. Are they better or worse right now? What do you, I mean, give me your initial instinct on what you're seeing so far. I don't think they were as bad last year as I think the team you saw at the start of the season last year was what they probably were. I think a, a run of bad luck had them with injuries, had them and lack of depth, honestly had them plummeting in the standings. But um, I think that they're going to be better from if you're looking at just overall record, I think they're going to be better than last year. I think they're, um, you know, everybody's coming back healthy. You've got Georgie Mihalovic coming off a nice performance with the national team. He'll be healthy to start this season. Um, you've got a lot of the guys back who are, um, you know, have been, have been decent in, in past years. And, and hopefully you've got some things solved with the goalkeeper position and in the back. So, yeah, I forgot about that. They gave they gave away a lot of points early due to Sanchez. I mean, due, due to howlers from Sanchez, and then he had the one good game against Red Bull, and then you thought you just got to keep playing him, and then he went back to having howlers again. And, yeah, and and I that team like the lack of depth, and re- realistically to me that team was sunk. The second Polster was done for the year. I felt it was that was the the big that was the big one. I mean, um, I didn't Dax miss some time last year too. For a while, yeah, I, I think he, as far as I remember, he did, yeah. But so it's the lack of depth, and I, that that I feel like is going to be the same problem that they have this year. They've reshaped the roster. I think the talent level is better than what they had last year. I think, but if they don't, they don't have depth. They don't have squad depth. They don't have rotation, and it's hard to have a lot of depth. The only real way to do it is through your academy system, in my view, because it's it's hard to have a lot of depth with a small salary cap. It's, right. I mean, what are you going to do? It's and and yet the fire. I mean, they said what several MLS sides want to get rid of their academies altogether, and I'm presuming the fire's leading the way. Probably, in that. probably. Now, and what do you think of that? Should should these clubs be forced to? maintain an academy which which really is it's a black hole um in the sense in the sense that you're not getting anything out of it you might if even if you get one or two players out of it it's not a ton and especially in a city like chicago where we can talk about some of the other clubs in the city that essentially serve as academy teams because you get the homegrown rule and all that stuff that they don't have to necessarily be from your academy as long as they're playing locally you kind of squat on rights for them that way is it a time to is it a time to that 
and everything I've heard is the Fire Academy teams aren't necessarily any better than some of the teams you'll see in the city anyway. No, I mean, they're, they're, the Fire, their club program in general is, is kind of hit and miss. But as the Academy team, the actual top team, they do all right. But are they better than, you know, soccers or any of the other big clubs around here? Not necessarily. Um, the and, fire, that was, and that's kind of what I was asking. Would you, yeah. do you need to keep the fire with an Academy when you have things like soccers? Was it magic? Is that another one? Yeah. Magic, I, I think is less so than in, in past. Eclipse. I mean, Packers. Eclipse has got some good, I know they're more, but the Eclipse has some good teams. I mean, there's some, some really darn big clubs that have quite a lot of talent that, you really need to have an, I mean, I'm playing devil's advocate a little bit here because so many people, you know, especially in the Twitterini are up in arms about the clubs want to get rid of their academies. It, in a large city like Chicago and some of these other ones, when you have super clubs, do you really need to have an academy system? That's kind of my question. I don't know if Manchester City has an academy. I think the MLS teams could probably run one themselves. And, and, and the, you know, the nice thing about, I think all but one of the MLS academies are free. So if it is one of the, the few ways where top players can get playing time at, at really good clubs for free, it, you know, they just got to be good enough to play there. So mm-hmm. um, it, it, I don't know what the actual spending is on it. I, I, and it seems like, yeah, the, the return on investment probably isn't there, but it, it to me seems like something that you should do as an MLS team. You should have an academy and strive to develop players in your own system rather than just squat on other clubs in your, in your metro area. So, but you know what? We'll see what they do. I don't know. You know, but you did, you you did touch on a point and I'll, and I feel like we've held Chris silent for like three minutes. So this might be a record. Um, that you're talking about some of the, you talked about squad depth. The only way you get it is you need to have a cheap, because of the salary cap, you really can't have a ton of squad depth unless you develop it, unless you have right. a cheap source of income. And that's why teams like Red Bull that have seem to have a decent academy and Red Bull 2 being a, a good site. Like they have a plan. They seem to have a system that works. Dallas, um, Salt Lake is another one. Sporting, I, th- I think, has one that runs decently. Atlanta United obviously does. Like I said, they took over um, uh, uh, Boca Negra's academy in uh, in Georgia. So, I guess I guess there's to be that seems to be if you want to have depth, I guess that's how you have to do it, isn't it? Yeah, it it it's that, or you get really lucky on some cheap guys that you bring in. It's that, or you bring in veterans on their last contract who aren't very, you know, haven't seen a lot of success before. I mean, it's it seems to me you should you should want to do this, and you know, even if it's to sell them later, um, you should want to do this. So it, I don't know, it it just seems like the right thing to do. Even if it's okay. not financially the right thing to do. Very good. Um, there you go, wanting people to do things because they're right for everyone, you communist. <laughs> God damn it. Doing the right thing. All right. So, <clears throat> and I saw this today. I think I saw this today, and you guys will have to correct me because I was 
kind of busy. I was a little busy today, so I didn't see it. That Inter was Inter Miami. They basically want to take Fort Lauderdale and take Lockhart Stadium and make it for their USL two or their USL team. Did I see that? I correct? have no idea because I didn't see that. So you may have seen yeah, it. But this is new to me. I thought I saw it on Twitter, and I um oh, and then uh, then. Actually, I'll get you guys started on this because this this screams right up. This is for Chris and only Chris because I need to hear the meltdown that echoes with this. CONCACAF Nations League and using Flow Sports. How corrupt does this sound? Oh, (laughs) I'll chime in on this, too, if you want. This is insane. That you're going to put about how it sounds. It's how corrupt is it? Do we have to have everything on a separate streaming platform at this point? Can nothing be on television? Is that the way we're going to go? Because Well, especially now that uh, everyone is cracked down on uh, live streams. Like they shut down the, uh, the Reddit streams page. So. I don't even know what the, you're talking the, about. Uh, yeah. The, the, supposedly. Uh, there was a part in, there was a place on the internet called Reddit, and they had a collection of things that made uh, it possible to watch streams of soccer games without paying hmm. money. I thought that website uh, was just hack celebrity photos. <laughs> well, we know uh, a part you were looking at, Pat. <laughs> but yeah, the the flow it, isn't it twenty dollars a month. At oh, least with ESPN Plus, it's only five bucks a month, and there's lots of content on there for that five dollars a month. That it, 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 you know, I'm not gonna pay that for this. We'll have we'll we'll have the US Fan TV accountants figure out how to pay for it for both of us. You know, I I, I was reading a thing recently about. Um, like net security and things like that, and how they were saying that one of the problems, uh, they, I think it was actually how I learned that um, the Reddit soccer streams page had been shut down. They said that um, one of the problems with all these, like every every um, organization having its own viewing stream, is that <clears throat> people aren't going to pay for everything. They'll just flat out refuse. And if you push them too hard, you're driving them to go search for, for streams instead. And the way to combat that is, you know, they, they've put now like markers on the screen that, that they're, they're putting out like an army of teams to, to shut down all these streams. And they said there, there's, that can help in the short term to recoup some of your investment uh, if, if you're the company putting it out. But it also, to some extent, pisses people off and makes them more likely to then go find a stream, no matter how hard it is, simply because they're angry with you. So, like, in the that's short the Chris term, Combs formula right there. <laughs> that's that's the, you to a T. In the short term, it helps you, <laughs> maybe. In the short term, it helps you recoup some of your costs. But in the long term, it may actually be a, um, a weaker uh, business model. Yes. Yeah. I, that there's there's truth to that. Um, and and I feel and Pat, you kind of touched upon it with um, 
ESPN Plus and that, that it's four it's five bucks a month, and there's a ton and yeah there's a ton of content for five bucks a month. Um, so Flow Sports, I think you're right. It's twenty bucks a month or 150 bucks a year. Looks like the only redeeming quality of it is um, if for somebody like me who's who went to the University of Minnesota, grew up at the you know is in the heart of Big Ten country, is all the Big Ten Plus stuff. I think it's run through Flow Sports, and I guess DC United is as well this year. Yeah. So, um, but that just seems like a completely Concacaf type of move to do. And it's, uh, it's just like when um, oh, who who traffic was it? Uh, it was traffic wasn't it? Oh, and uh, car um, the dude down in Miami. No, I don't think that was them. Uh, I was going to say it was was it. Uh, who it was the Central American team, but I can't I can't remember which country it was Belize or something now, um, Guatemala maybe, maybe it's Guatemala uh, when we were playing them during qualifying and there was only one broadcaster and they bought the rights to it just for that one game and you could only get it off pay per view and it was like a hundred bucks for the game or something. Yes, I it was one of those. I don't remember which Central American country it was. And, but. And it was, I mean, to me, it was, it was to some extent proving like this, this statement, uh, like I was just saying about in the short term, sure, it might help that, that might help you recoup your costs. In the long term, people are going to find a way to screw you over or somebody's going to start investigating you for being a scam. Or I, and and I I think Chris, I I agree with you a hundred percent on that. It's because like I pay five bucks a month for ESPN, ESPN plus. I'll just let it, you know, and I do you, I watch enough stuff on it, obviously. I'm that much of a, of a dork that way. But the fact that I'll keep paying for it, and even if I wasn't, I wouldn't, I wouldn't lose any sleep. I wouldn't really notice that I'm missing five bucks a month. And you're just going to let it keep going and keep going and keep going for months on end, whether you use it or not, because you have it. I think that was part of the big thing with Amazon for a long time, is you paid what? seven eight nine ten bucks a month and i think now it's getting a little more but it's a it's an amount you don't realize whereas like youtube plus or red or whatever it is is 30 bucks a month you you start to notice it when you when you're paying that much money it's 30 bucks a month isn't it youtube i've never i've never even looked into it i just as soon as that ad comes up i just like click off it i think it's we can't we're i mean we're youtube celebrities though so i would think that we would get (laughs) a discount on that yeah i would I'll look into it, but uh, yeah, yeah. Well, let, let me know how that works out, and yeah, and kind of to step back, and now I see why the everyone was Beck um, Beckham came out today and said they want to use uh, Lockhart Stadium as a training for training. So that's what they were throwing every you know everybody was cranky about was the, all the history of the of the Fort of Fort Lauderdale and Beckham wants to use it for a training ground. And I guess maybe a long-term a USL team or something like that. And with all the history of Florida and all the goodness that, that Fort Lauderdale had with the NASL, especially the second run. <laughs> all the history uh, of fat I, Ronaldo and Brazilian drinks that you can't even buy in the U S and yeah, that was, <laughs> that was, that was such a what you know, and the, I think the fact that the Rowdies had to buy, basically bought the intellectual property rights to them, so they did as they were paying their bills to get them through the end of the year. That was such a last great year of NASL, wasn't it? Um, so what else we got? I mean, you guys, you guys are kind of letting me pick topics tonight. You guys got to have a couple things you 
that you guys, or have you guys just been so damn cold <coughs> that, your, that your brains froze? Uh, my it voice is. is starting to go out, so <laughs> I am limiting my I, words at this point. I have, your... uh, I have mine back, but uh, I still have um, like sinus issues from being sick. You guys are such, oh my god, you guys are terrible. This See, has not been cool. This has not been cool, and this is why you guys should be drinking more. You, you wouldn't have this problem, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm starting to think. Um, so what what else we got coming up this week? So Liverpool Liverpool tomorrow. Oh, oh so yeah. let's let's finish with this. Let, let's finish with this, because we've been talking about um, buying. Do, you, do either one of you have NBC Sports Gold? No. No, I no. refuse. But I do love the fine folks at NBC. Well, that, yeah, I, I can see that. Because um, aren't they paying your salary or your wife's right. salary? Pretty yeah. much, yes. I, I was just curious because I, I was starting to look at it. And is that 50 bucks a year or is it just 50 bucks for the Premier League? Is it for like all it's the stuff just, that they do? No, it's just the Premier League. And I think they reduced it recently. Well, they, they cut it halfway through at, the year. But... At the, yeah, at the mid at the midpoint of the season, they cut it to 25 bucks. But the problem okay. with it is you don't get all the games. You mm-hmm. get a third of the games. And if you're a big club, it's it's your worst third. Sure. Generally. So I don't... If you got all the games for 50 a year, that would actually be pretty cool because then you could just watch wherever you are. and Maybe there'd be some actual value to it. Yeah. And, and if you're a cord cutter, that makes things easy. But... But you have to pay fifty bucks a year for the worst third of the games, the the third that they don't want to put on uh, NBC Sports or CNBC, and then you still have to have a subscription to a cable service of some type to watch the other two thirds. And so that's where my problem is with that. The, the cost is fair. It's just it, they should give you everything if that cost. See, and that, and that what I was I was actually starting to think about maybe i should get well, that NBC. would mean the cost is not fair but well no and it, it's not but it, i was actually starting to debate picking up NBC oh, sports gold but it, i was not starting to think well but if you had like all of the, all of the premier league and then all of their olympic content that they seem to pick up and then any you know the racing when they get into then i think it would be worth it but just Probably, for... but then it, there's also this like how many of these are we going to do True. Well, I, I think I think it's a bit like um, uh, Laserdisc and uh, Blu-ray and, and uh, HD DVD and all that. Like they're trying to see which one will. Like, everyone's trying to get their cut while they still can, while, until they see kind of who shakes out as the as the leader. Netflix will have them all, or Amazon. Well, and that and that's just it. Probably how many? But, but how many people? But how many people do you know have Amazon Prime? Netflix, Hulu, you know, and and right there, I, I mean, everybody's got Amazon Prime because they just have Amazon for the yeah. I'm shipping I'm going to Amazon Choice this year. You're going what? <laughs> South Park joke. Way to not catch it. Uh, Amazon Choice. Uh, I'm going. I'm I'm not sticking with Amazon Prime anymore. Like to me, talk about things that that uh, companies are doing to screw people over. Like, you used to get everything for their one price. Well, now the, the price increases, but, but you get fewer and fewer things for it. Huh. Mm-hmm. What are we actually? So, I, I don't believe I don't believe it, there's still value in the uh, in the the extra shipping. 
uh, free shipping, whatever, in it anymore. I don't believe the value's there to uh, keep paying the well, price I mean, for it. But then again, we've got to pay for Bezos' divorce, so there's that. <laughs> I, I just like that I can, like, order toothpaste, and it's at my house in... I'm not saying you're getting hours Amazon. Without, I'm just saying that, like, yeah. I'm not going to stick with Prime uh, anymore. All right, so one last one last thing, and then we'll call it a night, because this is, this is a little forward planning <laughs> that I didn't tell you guys I was going to ask you about, because I just thought of it now, actually. Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> non, non-U.S. I mean, do you guys have any plans for U.S. national team road trips? Are you guys doing any of the Gold Cup this year, or have you guys decided that part I yet? I assume we'll go to the final in Chicago. Uh, but, yeah, well, yeah, other I've than that. Told, uh, I've been told uh, we can't do trips this year. You've been told no trips this year? Yeah, we got uh, a little some something to pay for. Okay. I guess you kind of do. I was going to ask about what kind of road trips do we want to do for non-U.S. national team games? Uh, I, I want to see what happens with the, uh, the ICC or whatever this summer. Arsenal's coming this summer. Supposedly, yes. So I would like to see them. And uh, your buddy Matt will probably... I don't know, get to play like left <laughs> back or something this time. He'll so, yeah. Based on, he'll somehow uh, yeah, get, a, get a seat on the bench. Yeah, it's, I mean, he'll right next to Emery. You know, it, it's something will happen to that guy amazing. Um, and uh, on top of that, I, I was just thinking the other day, do I, do I want to go see Atlanta? I'd like the national team to end up in Atlanta at some point so I can see that stadium that way, but do I want to go to an Atlanta game? Do I want to go to? I've I've always wanted to see the city of Montreal. I've never been. I, if I'm there, I might as well hit a game there. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Um, do we? I was gonna say, do we? Have you? Have either of you guys done Sporting KC yet? No, that's no. actually, and there is a national team game there. There is. Okay. I was thinking even like a fire type trip down there. Or that something would be like fun that. too, because the national team game is the third of three of the first three uh, gold cup games, and I will I will wager you this: if we were, if the three of us were to take a road trip down to Sporting KC for a fire Sporting KC game, that the three tickets would cost less than two for the U.S. national team game there, Shit, if not one, less than if one. not one. Now, of, uh, oh, raising prices to screw over customers. I will no say reason. the gold cup tickets that we bought two years ago in Nashville were only like $40 or something like that because CONCACAF was in charge. And believe it or not, CONCACAF seems to screw over people with ticket prices less than U.S. soccer. But, I mean, it's two years later, so that could be. Maybe they've, <laughs> maybe they've learned their lesson. Maybe they've learned their lesson and, yeah, they're. They, they, yeah, they, they, they cheap out on. They, they keep the ticket prices cheap, but they it's because they don't spend anything on the uh, fan atmosphere either. So they just leave you to sit out in like ninety five. Yeah, we had to go like heat. three blocks away under a bridge, and we just saw Brian McBride sitting there sad, and a bunch of Mexican dudes were in line for Sprint T-shirts, and Brian McBride's just standing there like waiting to sign autographs for anyone, and we're like, okay, hi Brian McBride, how are you? Uh, but yeah, the, the, the atmosphere outside the CONCACAF run games is terrible. All right. And then I'll throw this one out there. Cause there was somebody 
put on there like the uh, the three stadiums on your bucket list. I saw this came up on Twitter a couple weeks ago. I don't think I've ever asked either of you about that, so I'm curious of what what you guys would have on your bucket list. Three stadiums. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll we can yeah we'll just take Sonny Azteca. Okay. Man, Sonny Azteca. I mean, you guys have already oh. seen the Emirates, and so I don't know if you need to put that I, one on I've there. Been to I the have Emirates. A, uh, I've I have been a very to clear Camp number one. New. Um. Man, the Vespalen um, Stadion is my number one. Oh that, yeah, how, yeah. How could I not even think of that? Yeah, yeah. That's which one, which one did you say, too. Pat? Yeah, Vespalen Stadion, uh, Signal Iduna Park, Dortmund. Oh yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, Estadio Azteca still. As much as we hate the Mexican national team, like that, it's sort of like when I went to Lambo for the first time. It was just, I felt. A connection, even though it wasn't my team. So Azteca is definitely one I want to go to. Um, three would be maybe Anfield. Okay. The one I I remember I saw this came up, and the one I put on there was La Bombonera. Yeah. Oh shit! Yeah. I, oh yeah. I should have yeah. thought of that too. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Those that those are my three right there. Yeah, absolutely. One hundred percent. Okay. That, like probably the two. Uh, two greatest fan experiences that I want to see and um, like in terms of like club teams and uh, and the greatest for you know, the, the team that means the most to me period hmm I guess and then, the, then there's one I'm going to throw out there I'm curious about just for the sheer kind of novelty of it Estadio Hernando Silas down in La Paz, Bolivia. I I wouldn't. I'd Why love that see, one. I mean, it's because it's like. Of course, but. Well, but, well, there's that. It's. I love No, no. <laughs> I, I, let me let me run this one through. I'd want to see a cannonball qualifier with like Bolivia and Argentina or Brazil, because that's the one that's like at eight or nine thousand feet that nobody goes in and wins. Yeah. I would. I think that would be awesome to be able to watch something that one of those there where you've. Got this t- Bolivia should get drilled, and yet because it's at altitude, they win. I think that would be kind of a fun experience. Just to be, just to do that, it'd be kind of like well, it's kind of like it's kind of like the snow throw game in Denver, you know, at the altitude there. But I think that would be cool, like forty thousand screaming people watching them actually beat Argentina with you know because why not? Because that's nobody wins there, so that's just one of those more curiosities. But um. I think you guys got had enough stadiums on there that I think make a phenomenal list, and you guys have already seen some of the good ones with with Highbury at, or with um, Chris. You saw Highbury before it closed, didn't yep. you? Yep. Yep. I mean, I did the stadium. Yeah, I did the stadium tour there, but I did not go to a game because they were in the FA Cup semifinal weekend. We were there. Um, but yeah, I did go to uh, Olympia Stadion in Berlin this past year. Yep. Which, uh, it, if you want a stadium that's both hosted World Cup Finals and Hitler, that's true. <laughs> it's a twofer. Um, <laughs> I think we've just bottomed out the show. Right <laughs> you, it's a weird feeling, though, being in a building that's that's had hit like Hitler's been here. That's really strange. That's true. And I also saw Messi win a Champions League final here. So, like, it, you know, it's it's a weird, it was a weird deal. Um, but it's very cool. It was a very cool stadium. I've been to, to uh, where else have I been? Allianz Arena, right? And Allianz Arena, yeah. 
very cool. Um, I went before they put in the the cool seats. But they made it. They made a point though. Even though 1860 was gone, it had been gone for a little bit. Then you take the tour there, and the the tour guide uh, chick was like every room we would go to. And this is where we we've, we've erased 1860 from this wall, and Pep Guardiola made it his personal shitting room, and like it, it was. Everything was how 1860 is no longer allowed to go in here. <laughs> there was one room that literally uh, was the 1860 home locker room, and Pep made it his pasta refueling center or some something like that. So you must oh. eat after the game. You must eat pasta. You must eat pasta. Okay. Yeah. And then on that note, it's been 63 minutes. So I, Chris, I'm going to let give you give you your final thoughts, and then Pat, you too, and. So, but 63 minutes, I think, is long enough of hearing us ramble about absolutely nothing important. Yeah, oh, I'm sure I got, everybody I got, stuck around for the whole thing. Yeah, 100%. Uh, I, got, I got nothing else. Uh, you're done. All I, right. I, TJ, I challenge you uh, to make your next guest zero anonymity anymore from the uh, U.S. Ooh, fan chat. That's and a good call. The great part about that is he will literally have zero anonymity because he'll have to tell us who he is. So, um. But we, but if you do it over Skype like this, I feel like it's kind of, and if you do it over Skype, it's kind of like doing confession in that oh, you true. don't He's have to be anything. seen. You that know? I think that might be the, I, I, I want, I think that you need to talk to him. So I, if, if zero anonymity wants to, I, in a heartbeat, I think that would be absolutely comedic gold. He would get more listens than Chris and I put together. I would hope so. Mm-hmm. The other one would be Leipzig. I think Leipzig would be. I don't think he, he he doesn't watch our show anymore. No, I don't think he no he doesn't. But um, I think he'd be another one that would be a lot of fun to have on. So, all right. So we've we've made a mockery of this week. So so do you guys? What do you guys think? This one will more or less in the week than you. Oh, yeah. I I can't see how this doesn't just blow up all over iTunes like top, top sports show. <laughs> I don't want it. Yeah. Why wouldn't it really? Well, because I can't do an intro worth of crap. That's why. <laughs> you do sound like I said this the last time I think I was with you, but you do sound a bit like the sweaty balls people on SNL in your intro. It's really it's it's not high energy. Yeah, I did have something about that in my uh, notes for you. As well. It's it's kind of fucking soft. Like you you need to come up like like think like John Oliver. Welcome, welcome, welcome to last week tonight with the music and the you know just. It's like punch yourself in the face a few times and bring it. I'm not like not is like how, you know, is, is this like Emmy Award winning guidance I'm getting here? Good <laughs> coaching. I once had a news director tell me she's like, go to the point where you slightly start to feel uncomfortable, and that's the point you need to be at. So that's where you need to be. All right. So if and if anybody is actually still listening at this point. We'll find out because the intro still hasn't been done. We'll see if it actually works tonight. Bring some big time energy. <laughs> Fade that music under. I don't want a hard stop on Hootie and the Blowfish. Or what are we getting for intro music? For this? I, you know Hootie, what? Hootie. <laughs> well, I have no idea yet. I haven't thought that far ahead. I'm, I'm not that. I'm not that smart. So, you guys got any suggestions? Hootie. He did Hootie once already. I already he did Hootie, Hootie again. Then how about some uh, some Darius Rucker? 
I don't have any Darius Rucker. My, I think my CD collection stopped about five or six. CD collection? You're not. What? <laughs> yep. What are you holding the mic up to the speaker? No. <laughs> you ripped the CD. You ripped the CD. You're ripping the CD. We got streaming music. It's 2019. It's 2019. Oh, but they all have. But they all have copyrights on them. Or if you put the CD and rip the song off, you can still use it. They're going to find out when Darius Rucker listens to this. He's going to find out. Yeah, look. (laughs) You're going to get the cease and desist up your ass. He's going to rock you like a wagon wheel. All right, gentlemen. I think at this point I'm going to hit stop because there's no. There is yeah. nowhere this is it's, getting any better than that. It's been thank, great, TJ. Listen, Pat, thank you very much for joining me tonight on the Minivan Dad Soccer Pod. We'll have to do it again when you guys are actually drinking something for a change, because Lord knows it only can get better from there. <laughs> All right, and... And thanks again to Chris and Pat from US Fan TV, which they can be found at... For Pat can be found at, at Patrick McCraney... And Chris can be found at, at Fine Tooth Combs, or both of them can be found at, at US Fan TV. And apparently they have Instagram, they have Facebook, they have Twitter, of course, they have their YouTube channel. And if you know how to find them on Snapchat or Craigslist, they can be found there. Thanks again for everybody for hanging out this long. And I think the reward for hanging out this long is we get to close the show with a little bit of Public Enemy, a little bit of He Got Game from 1998. Good night, everybody. Thank you. Thanks again for listening to the Minivan Dad Soccer Pod at Minivan Dad Pod. Everybody got game, and we just here to let y'all know that PE is in full effect from right now until the year 2000. Hey, yo, my man, sing it. Is something happening here? Yeah, yeah. What it is ain't exactly clear. There's a man with a gun over there. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Everybody look what's